0: You are listening to the Clergy Chick podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From August the 9th, 2020, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, go and view the land, especially Jericho. And so they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and spent the night there. The king of Jericho was told, some Israelites have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come only to search out the whole land. But the, women, the woman took the two men and hid them. And then she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when it was time to close the gate at dark, the men went out. And where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you can't overtake them. She had, however, brought them up to the roof and hidden them, with the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. And so the men pursued them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before they went to sleep, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that dread of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven above and on earth below. And now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, Swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. And then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. And she said to them, Go toward the hill country, so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourself there for three days until the pursuers have returned, and then afterward you may go your way. And the men said to her, We will be released from this oath that you have made us swear to you, if we invade the land and you do not tie this crimson cord in the window through which you let us down, and you do not gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your family, if any of you go out of the doors of your house into the street, they shall be responsible for their own death, and we shall be innocent. But if a hand is laid upon any who are with you in the house, we shall bear the responsibility for their death. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be released from this oath that you have made us swear to you. And she said, According to your words, so be it. She sent them away, and they departed. And then she tied the crimson cord in the window. wonder if you might have what I'm calling these days the corona crazies. Anybody got the corona crazies? You might have the corona crazies. Number one, this is a top 10 list. Number one, you might be corona crazy if you kiss your spouse goodnight and then you wipe hand sanitizer all over your mouth. I don't do that. <clears throat> you might be corona crazy if you sneeze <laughs> and then wonder if you might dial 911. Oh, my gosh, I had a sneeze. What? Anybody checked your symptoms on Google? Seriously, anybody? I'm the only one that's done that. Okay. Number three, you might be corona crazy if uh, <clears throat> Sasquatch got nothing on you. I've been seeing some poof hair going on, you know, these past few months. Number four, you might be corona crazy if you have copies of your will neatly placed on your dining room table on your nightstand, your coffee table, taped to your abdomen, and on microfiche in your wallet. You might be corona crazy. Number five, you might be corona crazy if your doctor answers the phone. Seriously, you don't have COVID. Number six, you might be corona crazy if you've had to rent a storage unit to house all the toilet paper you bought. (laughs) Remember when that was a thing? Number seven, you constantly spray your phone with Lysol, but you haven't even been out of the house since February. Number eight, you might be corona crazy if you check your Zoom account instead of your calendar to see what you've got going on during the day. Number nine, you might be corona crazy if your dog refuses to go on the 70-second walk during the day. And finally, number ten, you might be corona crazy if you can sing every word to the Hamilton soundtrack. Is that just me? Okay, that's just me. Because the fact of the matter is I'm a little corona crazy, and maybe you are too. But it's maybe wise to be a little cautious, a little corona crazy. I was talking with a friend this week who literally has not stepped out of her house since February. Has not even stepped out Keeping herself and her high at, at her high risk loved ones safe. All this to protect ourselves and the ones that we love. We're thinking a lot about protection these days, about safety, right? It's foundational on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know Maslow's hierarchy of needs? You remember that from psychology class? One of our small groups, our sermon-based small groups, brought up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That uh, The higher you go, the more um, actuated you are. And so at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you got physiological needs, like air. We need air. We need food. We need shelter. That's at the very bottom. But then comes the next level, which is safety and protection, like we're focused on a lot right now. Safety, protection, a source of income. Up the level is uh, you've got love and belonging, family, friends, relationships, in the middle of the hierarchy. And then you've got esteem, self-esteem, respect, a purpose, belonging. Then at the very top of the hierarchy of needs, you've got self-actualization, where you kind of live into being your best self, living into that. The small group suggested that If we're not doing the things at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, maybe we should be a little gentle on ourselves because as a society, we've kind of dropped down to focus on the basic items of security and safety and protection. Maybe we had bigger dreams than what we've been able to accomplish in this year. Our dreams maybe were a little broader, a little more expansive when a day that was less fraught with danger than today. And speaking of danger, I want to bring to mind something that happened in history. On July the 16th, 1969, 51 years ago, just over, three men entered Apollo 11, embarking on a voyage to the moon. So the three men entered Apollo 11, and it blasted off from Kennedy Space Center. Up, up, up they went into the sky. And four days later, two of those men touched down on the moon. Do you remember what Neil Armstrong said when they touched down? The eagle, what? The eagle has landed. Now you know that part of the history, but what you may not know is something that happened between the eagle has landed And when Neil Armstrong said, what did he say when he stepped out onto the moon? One small step for man, one what? One giant leap for mankind. There's something that happened between those two events that we know about. Buzz Aldrin, Armstrong's partner in this endeavor, was a devout Christian and an elder in his Presbyterian church. Do you know this part of the story? I just learned this. Neil Armstrong had his pastor consecrate Communion elements, bread and wine, and he took a little bit of each in a little um, in a little plastic bag, and so there on the moon, Buzz Aldrin opened up a, a Bible, or maybe he just had one verse printed. The verse was from John chapter fifteen: "I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remain in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit." Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so Aldrin, in his own words, took communion there on the moon. And this is what he writes. He said, I poured the wine into the chalice our church had given me. In the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine slowly curled and gracefully came up the side of the cup. And then I read the scripture I just quoted you. I ate the tiny host and swallowed the wine. I gave thanks for the intelligence and spirit that had brought two young pilots to the sea of tranquility. It was interesting for me to think the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the very first food eaten there were the communion elements. But that's not all. Buzz Aldrin also carried a prayer with him as he stepped onto the moon. The prayer was called the Prayer for Protection. It was written for soldiers in World War II by a gentleman named James Dillon Freeman, and this was the prayer that uh, Buzz Aldrin carried with him on the moon. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. One source that I read said that he left that prayer in a time capsule that was left on the moon. Prayer for protection. Let me ask you a question. If you were to take a first ever flight to the moon, do you think you might offer a prayer of protection? Or maybe two? Well, when I think about our scripture lesson today, I think about Rahab and her embodied prayer for protection. Rahab hanging out the scarlet robe out of her window, hoping, praying to be protected from what was imminent danger, what was surely going to be the destruction of her city and the people in the city. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So let's go back. Joshua. Getting ready to enter the promised land after 40 years in the desert, Joshua sends two spies into Jericho to check out the scene. And guess where they stay? At a prostitute's house. I'm sure everything was on the up and up, right? So they stay at the prostitute Rahab's house. The king finds out and sends for them. Rahab risks her own life to hide the two men up on the roof. And so in return for that favor that Rahab did for the two spies, Rahab said, please protect me and my family when you come and destroy the city. Because she knows that there's 600,000 men ready to overtake the city. She knows there's no hope, that this is imminent. So she says, please protect me and my family for this kindness I have shown you. Please return it. The men tell her, okay, all right, here's the deal. You bring all of your family into your place and you tie a scarlet rope out your window, and I will tell my men not to destroy the house from where the scarlet rope hangs. So that's what she did. And I can almost think about Rahab tying the rope out of her window as a prayer for protection Light of God, please surround us. Love of God, please enfold us. Power of God, please protect us. Presence of God, watch over us. Please, God, be with us now. Tying a scarlet rope as a a form of prayer. Now, we have, over the past few months, maybe said our own prayers of protection, haven't we? I know I've said a few for my family. I know I've said a few for my church family. And as a, a leader here in the church, I've prayed for wisdom and discernment for how do we, how do we gather in some way and shape and form and still keep each other safe from this virus. And, and so we did a number of things, embodied prayers, I'll call them. Our board met as a prayer to decide to open or to close. We purchased um, items to keep each other safe, like sanitizing items, hand sanitizer, and the purchases were all a prayer. And, and, and the policies that, that, that we have, the, the, the one way in and, and, and the every other pew being roped off and and the hand sanitizer and, and the mask, the policies are, are, are all prayers. And then we bought these scarlet cords to rope off every other pew to keep the social distance. And I I got to be the one that placed the the pews on on every other, the, the rope on every other pew and. I didn't think about it at the time, but it was a prayer for protection. You know, some interpreters say that, that this story from the book of Joshua, the scarlet cord, is, is a foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus, the red blood of Jesus, the ultimate prayer of protection and Him giving His life. And others can look back from this story and think about the blood that the Hebrew people put on the doorposts as the final last plague in Egypt, the plague of the firstborn. And so when God swept over and, 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 and took the firstborn that they, God spared, passed over the houses of the Hebrews because of the blood on the, door, on the doors. And we call that Passover today. And I don't know about all that. And I don't know that Rahab thought about Jesus or the blood over the doors of the Hebrews. I kind of think she didn't as a Canaanite woman. All she knew how to do to protect herself and her family was to hang a scarlet cord from her window as a prayer for protection. Now we've got a number of these scarlet cords here in our sanctuary. I invite you even now to to grab one of the cords. You may even have to stand up if you can't reach one of these scarlet robes. Please grab one. If you feel comfortable, don't feel compelled if not but if you feel comfortable, you can can step out of your pew and and find one to hold for just a moment. And we think about embodied prayers. We don't think so much about actions we take for the safety and protection of one another as prayers, but, but they are, they're embodied, they're living prayers. And so as you're holding the cord, maybe literally here in the sanctuary or figuratively there at home if you're watching online, I want you to think about for whom you would offer a prayer of protection? From what would you like to offer a prayer of protection? What is God leading you to pray as you hold a scarlet cord, an emblem of an embodied prayer? I'm going to give you just a silent moment to offer the prayer that you feel compelled to pray in this moment. And now the rest of Rahab's story, we sung it, but I didn't read it from the Scripture passage. Joshua and his soldiers came, and and, and the walls of Jericho fell. The people of Jericho were slaughtered. That's a story for another sermon. The people of Jericho were slaughtered, all except who? Rahab and her family. But not only was Rahab spared, but she was brought into the fold, She married a Hebrew man. And as a result of all that, a few generations later, Rahab was one of the four mothers of Jesus of Nazareth. Rahab, the prostitute, was the second woman mentioned in the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. There she is in the lineage of Jesus Christ, Rahab, the prostitute. And if you look over in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, only two women mentioned In the roll call of faith, Rahab was one of two women. Rahab, the prostitute. In the roll call of faith, Rahab's prayers for protection were answered and then some, wouldn't you say? And though we don't always understand how God answers our prayers, we know that God answers prayers. We don't understand it sometimes, we can't imagine how it will turn up, but we believe that we hold out a scarlet cord, and and God is there in that. So back to the moon for just a moment. Two years later, after the first moon landing, on July the 26th, 1971, the crew of the Apollo 15 blasted off from Kennedy Space Center. Up, up, up they went into the sky. And four days later, the falcon landed on the moon, carrying James Irwin and Dave Scott. And as the two men made their moonwalk, they were marveling at what looked to be hills or mountains there on the moon, and Irwin, being a devout Christian, was reminded of a psalm Psalm 121, and he began to recite that verse. I lift my eyes to the hills, he said, from the moon. From where will come my help? My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Erwin later on would tell of having a powerful spiritual experience there on the moon, where he felt the presence of God in a palpable, real way, and it changed his life. And so uh, upon return to Earth, within the year he left NASA and created a Christian mission-sending organization. Gave his whole life to the Lord after that. But something you may not know, that there on the moon... Left by James Irwin is a poem written by the same fellow that wrote the prayer for protection that that Buzz Aldrin had taken. The poem is called I Am There. I close with it today. Do you need me? I am there. You cannot see me, yet I am the light you see by. You cannot hear me, Yet I speak through your voice. You cannot feel me. Yet I am the power at work in your hands. I am at work, though you do not understand my ways. I am at work, though you do not recognize my works. I am not strange visions. I am not mysteries. Only in absolute stillness, beyond self, can you know me as I am and then but as a fleeting, a feeling, and a faith. Yet I am there, yet I hear, yet I answer. And when you need me, I am there. Even if you deny me, I am there. Even when you feel most alone, I am there. Even in your fears, I am there. Even in your pain, I am there. I am there when you pray and when you do not pray. I am in you and you are in me. Only in your mind can you feel separate from me, for only in your mind are the mists of yours and mine. Yet only with your mind can you know me and experience me. Empty your heart of empty fears. and When you get yourself out of the way, I am there. You can of yourself do nothing, but I can do all, and I am in all. And though you may not see the good, good is there, for I am there. I am there because I have to be, because I am. Only in me does the world have meaning. Only out of me does the world take form. Only because of me does the world go forward. I am the law on which the movement of the stars and the growth of living cells are founded. I am the love that is the law's fulfilling. I am assurance. I am peace. I am oneness. I am the law that you can live by. I am the love that you can cling to. I am your assurance. I am your peace. I am one with you. I am. Though you fail to find me, I do not fail you. And Though your faith in me is unsure, My faith in you never wavers because I know you, because I love you, beloved, I am there. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.